the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. If you have your Bible, turn with me, if you will, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. And as you turn to the book of Romans, it's in the back part of your Bible, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, keep going to the right, and you'll find this amazing little book where Paul has written, this is actually a letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome. The majority of the people that he is writing to are believers, and so much of what Paul says in this book is reserved really for those of us who are walking with God or know God through faith in Christ. And if you're here today or are listening and have never made a decision to, to be a follower of Christ, then, then it's good for you to kind of look over the fence and listen in and see what God is doing in the hearts of his people and the challenges that he offers. But in chapter 8, we've been in chapter 8 for several months or, or for several weeks now, over a month. And it's in chapter 8 where Paul begins to help the believers in Rome discover that they can walk in power and in purpose. That God never intended us to live life in our own strength, but to live it in his strength and in his power. And to walk in his grace and, and, and the abundance of his strength. And so Paul begins to help us understand how to do that. And, and he is introduced to us, as I've mentioned to you through our study what I would refer to as two life management systems. Two life management systems. And all of us operate every day within one of these two life management systems. Paul refers to one as life in the spirit, and the other he refers to as life in the flesh. One, he says, leads to life and peace. The other leads to death to live our life under the management of the Spirit is to live our life as God wants us to live it, to be aware of what Christ wants, to have a Christ-centered focus in our life, to live according to the flesh. As Paul says, it's to live according to my own desires and ambition. What I want matters. What I think is important is important, and we live a self-centered life. And Paul said that self-centered life always leads to death, and we can give examples of that, can't we, in our own experiences and the experiences of others. But Paul says we don't have to live that way. We can live under the power of God's Spirit. And he talked about what it means to live in the Spirit. We spent a day talking about living in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit, I mentioned to you, is, is really or speaks to, if you will, the reality that God's Holy Spirit comes to live in us when we become a child of God. When we recognize that we are a sinner and turn from our sin and receive Jesus as our Savior, the Bible tells us God's Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And so we live in the Spirit. Next, we begin to talk about walking in the Spirit. Paul said not only do we live in the Spirit, we're to walk in the Spirit. And we discovered that if living in the Spirit speaks to the Spirit living in us, walking in the Spirit speaks to really not us having the Spirit, but the Spirit having us. How much have we yielded our life to that Spirit that lives within us that, that we can walk as God leads and directs? 
I told you that walking in the Spirit really revolves around understanding how to hear the voice of God and respond to the voice of God when he speaks in our life. And then the next week we talked about how we are to think in the Spirit. Paul talks about the fact that we are to think in the Spirit and how that, that, that the Spirit is to impact our attitude and our, our thought processes, the way that we view the world, our worldview, and, and the way we interpret things around us. And then last week, we looked at another component of living in the power of God by talking about praying in the Spirit. We started looking at praying in the Spirit. Today, we'll finish that up. Now, I gave you last time we were together a definition for praying in the Spirit. You hear sometimes people talk about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit doesn't necessarily mean that you speak in some unknown tongue. It's not some prayer utterance that we have. This, this is a definition of praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is praying in communion and cooperation with the Holy Spirit. The word communion speaks of a relationship. If I'm praying in communion with the Holy Spirit, that means that there's a conversation that takes place. So prayer's not just one-sided. It's not just me bringing all my needs and requests to the Father. It's a conversation whereby I receive from the Father. I listen. I communicate. We talk. It's a communion that we have together. If you truly come to understand that, your prayer will take on a new dynamic. So it's communion with God, but not just that. It's it's operating in cooperation with the Spirit, that God not only speaks to us, but he leads us and he guides us and he directs us in our prayer. In fact, last time we were together, we discovered that there are four ways that God helps us in our praying, four ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. And it really is that that allows us to recognize what it means to pray in the Spirit. So if you have your Bible, look with me, if you will, at Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27. And once again, we see these two verses. As Paul says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, in those two verses, Paul says there are four ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. Four ways that the Holy Spirit can transform our prayer and our prayer life so that we can see the power of God working and can understand what it is to pray in the Spirit. Now, we looked at the first of those four last time we were together when I told you that, first of all, Paul says that the Holy Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. And there are many weaknesses that we have with regard to prayer, but we looked at four of them last time we were together. I talked about the, the, the first weakness that we encounter being independence, that one of the reasons that we don't have a powerful prayer life is because most of us try to live life in our own power and strength. We're not praying. We, we, have, we have so much self-confidence that most of us, the only time we pray is when 
we have no other option, when there's no other human way out, then we pray. And so there, there's no power in your prayer because you're not praying. You're, you're trying to live life in your own strength and you're beat and worn out and tired and exhausted and, and life constantly gets the other upper hand. We also talked about the problem of iniquity that he helps us and our weaknesses with our sin. Sin separates us from God. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He convicts us of sin so that we can confess that, repent of it, turn from it so that our heart can be in line with the heart of God so that he can hear that communion is established. We talked about the fact that another weakness is our instabilities. Paul says, or John, James says, an unstable man will not be heard and, and we need to be stable. God gives us the ability to have a heart that is in tune with the heart of God. And, and then the final weakness that we talked about last time we were together is, is the inconsistencies in our life. That so many times we pray and, and, and for some of us we pray and if God doesn't answer our prayer by the time we say amen, we're done. We never pray for that again. We're already convinced that God doesn't want us to pray for it. And so we quit. And what we discovered last time we were together is that sometimes we have to pray for years. Many of you are here today as the result and answer of a prayer that somebody prayed for you for years. You wandered away from God and a mom or a grandmother prayed for you every day for years. And God answered that prayer and brought you back. You know, it's been amazing. Some of the greatest, wealthiest gold mines ever discovered were discovered just a few feet away from where the last miner stopped digging. And I wonder how many times the answer to the prayer that we're seeking is just a little bit ahead of us if we hang in there. So the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to hang on and persevere in our prayer. Well, that's how God helps us in our weaknesses. What are the next three that Paul gives us in the text before us? Well, the next thing that he does, and we'll talk about in our time together today, is that he helps us with our ignorance. He helps us with our ignorance. Look at verse 26 that we were reading. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should. Boy, is that not an understatement? We really don't know how to pray as we should, do we? We don't know what to pray for. We don't know how to pray. There are so many things that are happening in the world today. How do we know which one we are responsible for? And here's my question to you. What does God hold you responsible for with regard to prayer? I mean, good gracious, listen to the news and there are just one tragedy after another happening around the world. We see thousands of people die as a result of an earthquake. Others we see lose their home and their belongings as a result of a, of, of a record snowfall. And, and we see lives that are taken as a result of... of um, of flooding, and we see massive wildfires, we see a war going on in Ukraine, we pray for that a couple of days, and then we forget about that, and we've moved on to something else. We, we don't know how to pray. There are so many things happening in the world, it's overwhelming, right? 
And I don't know what to pray for. I don't know how to pray. In each of those situations, left to ourselves, we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. And we don't know how to pray in certain situations in our life. We can't pray about everything. We can't pray about every crisis. We can't pray for every person in the world. And so what I want you to know is that apart from the Holy Spirit, we will never know how to pray. And so when Paul says we are to pray in the Spirit, he turns around and says what that means is the Holy Spirit's the one that helps you know what to pray for. And you know, he does that by giving us a burden. There are certain things that really strike our heart and suddenly those things become huge for us. God's able in the person of the Holy Spirit to give us a burden. And without that, I don't know where to start in my prayer. I pray general prayers that, that are really worthless. God, you know, take care of all the people that are hurting. Heal the sick people in the world. And we pray in generalities and we know somehow that these are ridiculous prayers that we offer and sometimes we make our mind up that we're going to pray and we get alone with the Lord. And we don't have anything to say. Have you ever been there where you just say you're going to set aside some time and you don't even have anything to say? I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I, 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 I. Paul said the Holy Spirit helps us by showing us what to pray. How does he do that? By, by giving us a burden. You see, I believe that God has a specific assignment for every one of us in prayer. And, and if we yield to the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit will lead us in that direction. He'll give us a burden. If I can kind of give you an example out of my own life. For the last few weeks, um, well, really, I guess the last couple of months, God has led me to personally encounter several families. Um, a couple of them own restaurants that we go to and, and uh, we'll go to the restaurant and just in the conversation that I have with them across the counter of the restaurant, um, I realize nobody else is in the room and so I'm able to engage them in a conversation about, hey, hey, how long have you been here? When did you start your business? Where are you from? What's going on? And, and, and you know, all of a sudden I find out things about their life and, and, and about their experiences and, and suddenly I, I sense that God wants me to pray for them and not just pray, you know, random prayers that they're busy. I, I mean, God begins to allow me to pray very specific prayers for these people. And I, I've discovered that God has, over the last few months, been at work in my life to allow me to confront people that are very different than me, come from very different religious backgrounds than I come from, and all of a sudden, not only has he given me a burden for them, he's given me a love for them. And suddenly I love these people and I, I love their families. And, and every day I am burdened to pray by name for these families. I've never been burdened to pray for these I didn't even know them three months ago. But when we follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, God will lead us 
in the course of our everyday experience to come in contact with individuals and with circumstances and he will suddenly prick our hearts in a way that that we become connected to that experience and, and when that happens what we need to be asking ourselves is God is uh, is this a burden you're placing on me is, and, and are you wanting me to pray and God will lead us in prayer for another person or for a situation now I think it's also important for us to say this because I believe that God has individual assignments for each one of us in prayer I think it's important that we don't expect other people to have the same prayer burden we do one of the things I've discovered in church that that really gets frustrating is that sometimes God gives me a burden and I think everybody ought to have that burden I mean it is so heavy on me that I think that that you, and, and sometimes, listen, as a pastor, I don't know how many times you have come and tried to put your burden on me. It happens all the time. Oh, pastor, we need to be praying about this. We need to be focused on that. We need to be dealing with that. We need to, I mean, and, and if, if I were to listen to you, we would take all the resources of our church and move in that direction. But you know what? That's yours. God's Holy Spirit's given you that burden. He's given you that assignment. He's given you the privilege to understand and recognize. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit, is that God will lead us to know what to pray for. Whenever I pray, I always begin my prayers this way. Every time I pray, I will say, Lord, I come to you today, and I come to be restored in you, to be made right with you. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you to guide me in this time of prayer because I don't know what he wants me to pray for maybe there's something going on in your life today that I don't know about and if I say Holy Spirit guide me you know what I've discovered sometimes God brings people to my mind people that I hadn't thought about in a long time J just yesterday let me think was it yesterday no it was Friday um, there's a guy that I knew from years back that I had connections with, I hadn't talked to in a long time. And all of a sudden, I just thought about him, randomly thought about him. And, and you know what I've learned? Rather than just saying, wow, that's interesting, I had this random thought of a person from my past, I, I just kind of entertained the thought, well, Holy Spirit, maybe you want me to pray for them, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray for Mitch today, and I pray for his family. And you know what I've learned to do? I'll pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I hadn't thought about you in years, and, and today God brought you to my mind, and I'm praying for you. I can't tell you how many times that has been a source of encouragement for a person at just the right moment. Sometimes they say to me, well, I don't know. Everything's kind of going fine in my life. Don't be discouraged by that because they may face something tomorrow that the phone call today prepares them for. You see, the Holy Spirit will guide us in what to pray for. But it's in that relationship. So we say, God, Holy Spirit, guide me and direct me. So not only does he, does he help us know what to pray for, the second thing that he does, or the third thing, really, he, he helps us with our inaccuracies. What I mean by that is not only do I need help to know who and what to pray about, I've discovered I also need to know how to pray, Right? Sometimes our prayers are ineffective because we're praying for the wrong thing. 
And when we don't know what to pray for, I think that's the reason. You remember I told you last time we were together, we got these two uh, life management systems. We walk in the spirit or we walk in the flesh. And I told you you can pray in the spirit or pray in the flesh. Pray in the spirit means that I pray according to the leading and the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the flesh means I, I pray what I want. I pray my will be done rather than God's will be done. You know what I've discovered? I think one of the reasons we pray my will be done instead of God's will be done is because we don't know how to pray in any given situation. And because we've never stopped to ask, God, how do you want me to pray? You see, well, well, let me ask you this and put it this way. If someone says to you, hey, um, my mom is sick. Would you pray for her? Most of us automatically assume, what? That we, we pray she gets well. But what if God wants to do something else? What if God has another plan? What if God's up to something else? And so I'm praying, God, let her get well, let her get well, let her get well. And, and she doesn't get well. And then I begin to think that my prayer doesn't work. God doesn't care. He's not interested. And, and the reason my prayer is ineffective is I'm not praying in concert with the Spirit. Because when I ask, how do I pray? The Holy Spirit might say, you know what? Pray that they will discover my grace is sufficient. That's what Paul discovered, wasn't it? He prayed, God, let this storm be taken from me, this problem that I have, let it be removed. And he said, you know what I discovered? I was praying wrong. God didn't remove the problem. Why? Because God had another purpose, a bigger plan. God's purpose was to teach me his grace was sufficient, and I never would have learned that lesson under any other circumstances. And so we have to ask the Holy Spirit, God, how do you want me to pray for this person you, you know what that and you know what that means right it means that prayer can't happen quickly I guess sometime it means that sometimes we have to stop it sometimes we have to listen sometimes we have to pay attention sometimes you remember we talked about how do we hear God's voice and sometimes we have to stay in his word sometimes we have to listen to what others are saying, sometimes look at the circumstances that we are surrounded by. But always praying, God, what is it that you want to do in this situation? We, we, we've got to learn not to just take off praying on our own, but instead seek Ask, listen, follow his prompting. That's where the excitement of prayer is. That's where that dynamic that you're longing for resides. It's not just throwing a bunch of words out there, but stopping and saying, God, maybe you're up to something bigger. Maybe it's coming to the place where we say, and, and I think this might help you. If you knew what God knows, you would want what God wants. 
And so in our prayer, we have to say, God, sometimes I don't know what you want. But I do know this, I, I, I don't know what you know. If I did, I would want what you want. So I wanna know what you, what you know, and if you don't show me what you know, I'm just gonna trust you to take care of it either way. But I ask God that you guide me and direct me in my time of prayer. You know, God's like a parent. Um, I've told you before, my, my, my rules of parenting. I think there are two basic directions you can take in parenting. You, you either prepare the child for the path or you prepare the path for the child. We live in a world today where, where people are preparing the path for the child. I wanna make sure that there's no bumps in the road and that my child has an easy life and nothing gets in the way and that's why you know they go running down to the school whenever the kid gets in trouble and gets them out of trouble it's the teacher's fault it's everybody i want to make sure that and i want to i want to tell you something you're not doing your kid a favor when you prepare the path because once they leave school guess what it gets bumpy and life gets rough our job is to prepare the child for the bumpy path and the challenges of life. And you know, God's a good parent. And he's not always concerned about your comfort. Sometimes he's concerned about your character. And, and so we need to say, God, is there something else you're up to in this situation? I want to pray in concert with you. Make sense? Well, the final thing that God does is this. The Spirit helps us with our inarticulations. One more time, look at 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with emotion that there were just no words? Have you ever gotten to that place where your hurt was so deep, the distress so great? You don't have any words. There's just gut hurt. And Paul says, I want to tell you something. When you pray in the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit knows what you don't know and he will intercede for you in keeping with the will of the father he will intercede with groanings that cannot be uttered in those moments of emotional distress god's holy spirit speaks well i've had those moments in my life there have been several times in the course of my life when there have been moments so dark i didn't know if i was going to get out of it So deep was the hurt, so confusing the situation that I, I didn't know what to do or what to say. And in those moments, God's Holy Spirit just puts his arms around us and holds us. And those times he just stands with us. And those times we just trust that he says for us what needs to be said. 
Maybe you're walking through that today. And to pray in the spirit is to come to the place where you say, God, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray about. I, I, am, I am just lost. And rest in the realization that in that moment of your weakness, your strongest, because God intercedes for you and says, I got this. And I got you. You just do this. You just trust me even when it doesn't make sense. Just trust me. You don't have to think. You don't have to overthink. Just, just trust me. It's okay. I got it. But you know what? Not only do I recognize that there are times in my life when I have no words, when things are dark, there have been times in my life that are so good I have no words. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had one of those moments in praise and worship where you are so caught in the presence of God, so aware of his presence that you don't, you, I, there are no words? And I've had moments like that in here where there, all I can do is cry. I mean, all I can do is, is tear. There's, I can't sing. I, I can't speak. All I can do is just stand in the presence of God and, and the tears flow. And I want to tell you something amazing happens in that moment. And, and one of the reasons those moments are so incredible is because at that very moment, the Holy Spirit in us is offering words of praise and adoration to God that you and I cannot even vocalize. And God is in that moment of silence and in that moment where we are struck with awe. God is pleased to hear the praise of our heart at its deepest level as the person of the Holy Spirit speaks for us. He says it for us. How does the Holy Spirit help us in our prayers, in our weakness? I since the last time we were together, you're still walking in your own power. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit has probably been knocking on the door saying, hey, hey, when are you going to let go of that? And trust me, stop trying to live in your own power. Let go of that sin. Do you understand that it separates you from God and God's got something to say to you? You can't hear it as long as that's there. Let go of that. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit says, hey, I've put these people in your life. I've put these people in your path. I've put this situation before your eyes. And I have given you a hurt in the heart for them and for that. And I did it on purpose. I want you to pray every day about that. That's a burden you're to carry. Lord, I don't know how to pray about it. I'll tell you how to pray for it. And God begins to reveal. 
for those people that I'm praying for, God revealed very specifically what I am to pray for each one of them. And God will show you, this is what I want you to pray. This is how I want you to pray it. And even in those moments when you don't know what to pray, well, I've got that covered too. My friend, that's how you walk in power. Do you understand that prayer is not this little thing we do before a meal? It's not this little thing we do before we go to bed. It is a communion with God and incorporation with the Holy Spirit. We get to see God's power revealed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we've had together today. And over last week, we have discovered truths about praying that can revolutionize our life. This can change everything. For many people in this room today, their prayer life is just non-existent. And they've tried and, and they've read books and they feel guilty about all that. And what you are telling us in the text today is that we can pray in the Spirit. You'll guide us and direct us in that. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you today in our lives. Speak in and to and through us. Do what you long to do in our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome from you a burden for particular things that you need us to bring before you daily. And we ask that you give us direction in how to bring those things to you daily. And for the challenges and the difficulties and the heartache and the normal experiences that we have around us that we pray for every day, show us how to pray. How to pray for our family. How to pray for our loved one. What is it that you want to do so that we can pray in concert with your will and plan? Doing that, we see your power unleashed. For any that are here or any that are listening that have never accepted you as Savior, man, walking in a, in a relationship with you where they can hear your voice and, and see your power and, and know that, that you hear and work in their life, that's an exciting opportunity for them. But it only happens in a relationship. And today, I pray that you will call them to a relationship with yourself. Reveal that we are sinners Give us the grace to turn from our sin, to ask you to forgive us and invite you to be our Savior and our Lord. And if there's any that have never done that, may this be that moment they do that. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. From everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.